0: All right, coaches. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Minnesota Basketball Coaching Podcast. Uh, we have a little bit of a, a, a roundtable and a little special episode today. Uh, so, the other week, a couple weeks ago, my Twitter feed, I started noticing a bunch of you know bald heads kind of popping up throughout the coaching world, um, and all of a sudden, I realized there's some sort of Ray Allen challenge taking place among Minnesota coaches. And as I, I dug a little further. We started to see some um, hairs and some beards growing out a little more, and started to get a little little ratty looking in some places and all of a sudden um you know Chris Hopkins he reached out to me and he's like hey um I got this really big nationwide Ray Allen challenge thing going I got millions of people following me I would love to talk about it more on the podcast so uh coaches just quick introduce yourself so everyone can uh you know catch the voice with the name here um we'll start with Chris and then we'll I don't know how your guys' screen looks but go ahead introduce
1: yourselves and then I want to hear the the oral history of the Ray Allen challenge Uh, Chris Hopkins from St. Agnes School in St. Paul.
2: Origin, Chris. Origin of the Ray Allen Challenge, Chris. Uh,
1: The origin of the Ray Allen Challenge is uh, from Adina's head coach, Joe Berger, uh, who said that let's do it as a Minnesota coaches um, to try to do what Ray Allen did during the, the bubble where he did not cut his hair, who he is very cleanly shaven. Uh, throughout his life and then he proceeded to grow out his hair and uh, had stellar hairline when it grew out Um, so Joe Berger decided to tweet it out and said let's do it and then he challenged me in text to say that are you going to do it are you going to do it and I said all right let's do it and now Joe is leading the way with uh, some really really stellar uh, beard and hairline to say the least Joe, your, your,
2: your rebuttal to that. Uh, yeah, Joe, Berger, Edina, Um Honestly, one night just sheer boredom, and uh, we don't have anything to do. Saw something about Ray Allen uh, during the bubble and, and just figured pretty much 90% of the high school coaches around here that I know are bald. And, uh, <laughs> you know, got the idea. I have a degenerate gambling friend from high school, and uh, – We'll usually make wages. You get sick of taking money from friends and, and we've done this as the stakes a few times since college of just he's bald as well. And it's like, you know, Vikings lose by more than three, then you gotta grow your hair out for a month without shaving it. And so that was that uh that inspired the idea.
3: Hi hey Dave, we'll go to you. All right, Dave Flum Eden Prairie. Um I've got some photo evidence that I was a participant in this uh activity and i've got a story as to why i bowed out so it was you know oh god
0: <laughs> that, we went that went reaction that. was the mustache we reaction.
3: <laughs> so and then now this um so obviously jumped on board great idea um you know i was leading the pack i think pretty quick the problem is gray Added on at least ten years, according to my wife, and she's right. And fat. She goes, you can't even tell the difference from your face to your neck. You're disgusting. It's gross. And then it continued. am like, okay, now it's decision time. Do I, do I cut it to appease her, or now that she's that mean, do I continue to grow it? And then I played it in with the fifth graders a little bit that I have in, you know, in my Zoom calls, and they were all into it. And they wanted me to grow it. And um, so, well. A few more conversations and then basically just utter disgust. Like she goes, I can't even look at you. I can't even be in the same house as you. So then it was decision time and I caved in. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs>
4: all right, Tim. Tim Sension. I am the head boys coach at Breck School in Golden Valley. Um, I saw it on Joe's Twitter feed and, and a couple other responses he had for other things of, I'm just bored. And I think that's kind of where we're all at with not being able to coach. We're actually supposed to play our first game tomorrow night if we are playing and so I was like, yeah, you know, I can jump on board. I haven't had hair for about 10 years. Let's see what happens. So it, it's been an interesting few weeks.
0: What's the uh, – is this a whole season thing? Are we going to see uh, Chris Hopkins, like, in whenever the uh, – Christine 50th in France or uptown, whenever that opens back up and you're going to be, you know, rooftoping it in the spring, Chris, are you going to be having a beard and the hair growing out like this too, or how, how long is this going to go for?
1: Well, I, I think the, it's supposed to go until we actually start. So whether that is December 21st, January 4th, which is the earliest that we can start, or uh, January 18th, uh, when we can start, this will be gone. Um, Like Dave, my wife is not a huge fan. Um, My son goes, Dad, when are you going to shave your face? I said, maybe when you shave your face. He's five. So um, (laughs) we'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Joe, what about you
0: guys? When when are you when are you uh end in your challenge? Same thing when you guys start, or are you gonna push it a little further and kind of one up Chris a little bit?
2: Yeah, no, we'll well uh I'll keep the beard. You know, opposite of what Dave was saying. Like the whole like definition of of hiding from like your chin to your neck. That's why I grew a beard in the first place, is to just hide the fat face. Um the the head is getting shaved the second we're turned back on now, <laughs> because my airline is it's awful. So hopefully, hopefully the 21st. Um you know, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens if we keep getting pushed and, and who bows out like Dave already did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, Tim, what about you? What's your plan? Same
4: thing? You know, I'm, not, I'm not sure yet. Knowing that we've still got another three weeks before we could even start playing, I had texted out the other day or tweeted out the other day, I might go with the Mike Bray look from now on where it's, you know, the hair halfway back on your head and just slick it back and pretend that it's still there. But we'll have to see how long it goes. The no you have, for you. you, you got to wear a
1: turtleneck day. then.
4: Gotta yes, wear a
3: absolutely, go with the macho. Um, for the record, Joe, I have not yet shaven my back hair, so I've got that going for me. We can Gotta maybe have it.
2: a back out area. if you want to but remain in the contest. Maybe that's
3: a problem since I since I uh, bowed out here. I have to take a picture of the back hair.
2: <laughs> we accept that submission.
0: Okay. All right. So let's uh let's fast forward to let's say it's uh. Let's say December 21st, January 4th, or whatever, January 18th. Whenever we get started, Um, and your hairs are your hair are all back to normal. Um, I want to see Joe get the playoff playoff hockey beard. Eden is obviously big hockey community. I would love to see the the playoff hockey beard in March and April uh, on the Hornets' bench. That would be awesome. Uh, So, what are you guys? What is your first week of practice going to look like? For you know, we have a prep school. We have big public school. Myself, a a middle-sized public school. So you know, diverse range of of numbers and uh, in talent levels in our program. Um, although Dave doesn't have anyone ranked, uh, in the sophomore class, I'm not sure maybe his, Prairie's he, having a little bit of a dip here in the next couple of years, but, uh, um, what does the first week look like for your respective programs?
1: Uh, the first week for us, um, we've got to try to figure out, we'll have, uh, pretty much the way that we generally practice is have everyone in the gym, um, we've got two full courts on each side. We'll probably be in like the 33 uh, to 35 range as far as the amount of kids. Um, and then we're usually heavy when it comes to the freshmen. And then they figure it out, uh, sophomore, junior, and senior. Um, so it's almost like one court will be freshmen. Uh, and then one court will be uh, sophomore, junior, and seniors uh, and try to figure out. Now, we will have some, a couple of freshmen that probably play up. Um, so it's, it's a matter of logistically trying to figure out what what we kind of can't do we've talked to the players and their parents about basically wearing a a gator around their neck Seen a lot of division one teams wear that uh during practice and then when they're not playing to kind of pull it up uh just to prevent as as much as possible as the spread so um there's obviously there's lots of stuff that we can try to do it's it's just going to be you know like we've seen with division one right now where there's just going to be a lot of change and there's going to be a lot of different things that we have to try to adjust. And it's going to be, and every day could be could look different because we could have 24 guys one day in practice and then have those same guys for two weeks. And then the next time, like two weeks later, we have 35. So I, I think we just have to be very adaptable. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately the goal is, is to see where we're at and, and, and and go from there. Joe, what about the Hornets?
2: Yeah, well, we're, uh, we're pretty lucky with facilities. Um, And just kind of like the shotgun start with all winter sports starting on the same day. I've just been in communication with Jamie guard, our girls coach, and we'll flip. I'll do i I'll do morning and afternoon, uh, for tryouts. And, you know, on campus, we've got, we've got the activity center with three courts and I can keep our guys pretty separate, um, you know, by grade. And then I'll do, I'll do ninth grade separately, but, uh, we didn't, I know Dave has, uh, we didn't get our freshman tryouts done before everything shut down. Um, so I was going to do, everything's starting on the same day on the 23rd. Um, so we didn't get that first few days in of, of freshman tryouts. So we'll kind of, we'll have to stack that and get creative with what we do with numbers with that. But um, like Chris said, I mean, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of change and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I think it'll be good for our guys to get back together, get back on a court and and be active. I think that's going to be important.
0: Hey, Ava, about
3: you? Yeah. So we were able to do our ninth grade tryout. So of course the first thing will be our tryouts to get those, done Um, interestingly our numbers in terms of uh, kids that have registered are almost close to the actual number of spots available which is dramatically different than normal so we've had a lot of, of families have not yet registered um, you know, ninth grade was pretty normal, but so I don't know if it's just because everybody waits the last second, and then it was canceled or what. But um, so for example of our varsity tryouts, we have 20 right now, usually we'd have 40. Um, so in some ways, you know, the tryouts going to be dramatically different. With that being said, <clears throat> I'm not overly excited. I mean, it's never fun to cut kids, of course. But uh, if we do start December 21st, we're going to be cutting kids basically on Christmas Eve day. <laughs> um, and then have Merry Christmas to you and your family.
0: Wow. Tim, what about you guys and Breck? What, what is your uh, first week gonna look like?
4: You know, we're probably pretty similar to Chris. We actually have facilities that will allow us and the girls to practice separately. We'll give them the main gym and then we've got a four court field house that we will get three of those courts. Um, I think right now we've got about 40 kids signed up for our three teams. Probably the only difference for us and, and especially Dinah, and Ian Burris, we can't cut anybody. Um, so it's, we've probably got six, seven, eight kids who can't play the game at all, but we'll need to find a spot for them and try and make, uh, you know, the season an enjoyable one. But I I think the other thing that we're looking at is how do you track practice? How do you figure out who's on which court with who? So if somebody does test positive, you can go back and do all that contract, contact tracing and all that type of stuff. So for this year, we might actually film practices for the first time. Um, in our main gym, we've got a camera mounted on the wall, so it's really easy. We just set the, the computer to turn it on and off when practice starts and stops. But if we're in our field house, we may have to set something up just to be able to monitor who's with who and really go overboard on our practice plans of making sure we know who's spending time close to who. Because like Chris said, it could be you might lose 10 kids for two weeks just because they were in practice with a kid who tests positive. Other than that, for us, it's about getting in shape because my guess is we're not going to get very long. Before our first game, and we want to try and play fast this year, so we're going to run a lot.
0: What um, What are some things that are going to, or what are what are some of the biggest challenges that you're looking to, as you're as we're all we're all planning and probably not getting too far ahead of ourselves? I know, like we talked about before we recorded, just like how things have constantly been changing. And you guys have, I know, Breck and Saint Agnes are supposed to play here coming up in the normal schedule, so not getting things too far in advance. But what are some of the biggest challenges or things that keep you up at night um, looking towards the season starting at some point during a pandemic?
1: Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing for, for us is when we play, probably 50% of our kids will play three halves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Cause we want to try to develop those kids and, and there's already been, you know, and again, what the rumor mill is, is that kids might have to stay on one team for contact tracing and all that kind of stuff. Um, which I, for, for us, that really puts us in a bind. We're going to be really young this year, um, but we have some kids that I, you know, whether they play two halves of of freshmen uh, and one half of JV, two halves of JV, one half of varsity, whatever, whatever it is. um, I I don't, I would like not to get stuck into them playing two halves as far as their development is is concerned. And, and that's to me that, you know, we've, we've got three freshmen that, one played varsity last year as an eighth grader. Two of them played significant JV minutes uh, last year as eighth graders. And, you know, I'm going, well, what can we do? How can we make sure? Because I don't know if they're ready for two halves of varsity ball yet. Um, you know, they're definitely ready for JV, but, you know, maybe against specific teams. Do we just say you're playing JV this day? Uh, that Against other teams are playing, well, you're just playing varsity. Um, but like Tim said, we want to try to play fast, so we want to try to play more kids. So that kind of puts us in a different spot and then to see who really, um, you know, who, who's going to be in shape, you know, and again, the other, other rumors are you're going to have 10 days of practice before you play your first game. Well, is 10 days going to be enough Are kids going to be able to do it on their own? Can you trust kids to do it to legitimately do it on your own? There's always going to be a couple that will, but majority of them probably won't do what's needed to get done for you to, for us to be successful.
0: Chris, I'm going to a quick follow-up to you. Um, I've, I've bought a lot of Chris Hopkins stock recently. Uh, please don't tell me that you have kids play JV and then start in the varsity game. I'm selling all my stock. If you have a kid play JV and start in the varsity game, I'm selling all my stock.
1: No, we, uh, we do not do that. I have played against uh, uh, two teams that oh have enforced in first and then in varsity. No. no. Yes. No JV, but freshman yeah. and varsity. I'm going, what are we doing here? I, I've never – no, I, I would never do that um yeah it that doesn't that makes no sense at all to me
0: all right i just want to make sure i had to keep my stock i mean it's not you know exponentially growing but it's a steady it's a steady investment so i i appreciate that joe what are your what are some of the challenges or things are keeping you up at night
2: i think it's it's just how we're gonna go about planning practices and stuff like that to keep groups a little smaller than they usually are um you know we're pretty set in our ways i like you know we've got guys with experience coming back and and our practices have been efficient in the past of just um they kind of know what to expect drill wise They know what we want out of it um so just basically having to redo things and and keep groups smaller and and keep guys separated um I mean that's that's the biggest piece obviously we'll go with the flow as as far as scheduling and stuff like that um you know I just looking at fall sports and and how those operated I you know if we get back and there's obviously going to be some flexibility where, you know, a team you're playing on a Friday might, might get some positive cases. And then you're just, you're kind of scrambling to find a new opponent. Um, so some of your like, you know, pregame prep might be a little bit different. You're, you're playing some random teams that, that maybe you weren't playing before, um, which is a unique challenge this year. But I, you know, I think basically just the way we're running practice and stuff like that, that's going to be a daily change.
0: Cause your football team played Bemidji like seven hours away like, on yeah. a one-day notice,
2: right? Yep. Yeah, so we had – so we we're. it was uh, – yeah, we were, we were supposed to play a, a conference team on a Friday and uh, or a district team on a Friday, and, and they came up with some cases, and our AD, Troy Stein, put it out on Twitter, basically. It's like, hey, anyone looking for a game? And, and Midget was more than happy to travel down. So I see some stuff like that happening in the winter.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, what about you?
2: You know, my biggest
3: fear would be that, um, you know, there's going to be interruptions. We're all going to have to be flexible, but, you know, and certainly from personal experience last year, and I think about Joe's team and other teams that are going to fight for a state championship, you get to the end and then it gets canceled. That that to me is the, the biggest concern, honestly. So if we get to have part of a season, that's fantastic. But um, I, whatever we can do as a group of coaches and everybody just to maintain the season, um, so we have an opportunity to get to playoffs. I, I think that's, uh, the most significant. And then if we're getting to build towards that, you know, we're at, get to have that journey along the way, but then, like I said, honestly, a team like Joe's team that is, has a chance to to certainly make the state tournament win and to have that yanked away at the end is pretty difficult. So hopefully that happens for everybody that they have a chance that we can do this and get to the playoffs.
0: I think that's a good point. Cause I, they- boys and girls basketball see girls basketball was in the middle of their state tournament. boys was the first one that was wiped out so it'd be nice if that we weren't losing and I think that's the coaches association high school league are in the same boat with that is not trying to lose a a second state tournament that would just be really really hard for some of those kids to to pill the swallow for those kids because at least obviously if you would have graduated last year that and um my team Dave your team obviously that was gonna um cruise to a 4a state championship um you know unfortunately with your undefeated season and um, all that sort of stuff. And we talked about that when you were on earlier this spring. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be really a bummer to have two years in a row not have that state term. I think from a financial perspective for this high school league, too, that also plays into it as well. Uh, Tim, what about you? What are some things that are keeping you up at the- night?
4: You know, I, I don't want to get dark with it, but to me my biggest fear is that one of my kids gets really sick. Um And I know that that has not been an issue with most high school kids. They get it. They're fine. But I think we're we're seeing – know and and I don't think that's going to happen but that is my biggest fear is that like the the girl on the dance team at YZ who suddenly you know goes in ends up in children's in a medically induced coma for two and a half weeks and and barely pulls out of it that I've had to unfortunately deal with a kid on my team dying in the middle of the season one time and I will tell you that is a horrific thing to have to deal with um even to have a, a player go through something where they end up in the hospital, I think would just be so traumatic for our kids. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not trying to be a naysayer, but everything else to me doesn't matter. I, I don't care who we play on Tuesday night. You can adjust all that type of stuff. Um, for me, it's, I just hope that athlete, non-athlete, we don't end up having to deal with you know, mourning a 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kid um, sometime during this winter.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, obviously, like you said, the, you know, I'm not an epidemiologist or a doctor. I just teach social studies. But you're right. I mean, there's um, 99 point whatever percent with the high school age kids, they're, they're coming out of it. But that, all it takes is one, right? And it really puts a real dark twist and uh, dampens the season, obviously. And it would be an awful situation for that team and that community to go through. So uh, definitely something that hopefully we don't, you know, vaccines yeah, and stuff. I'm get, not, get, I'm get, not
4: get, trying to say that we shouldn't play or, you know, any of those types of things the rest of it to me doesn't matter. You know, I, yeah. at other schools I've coached at, I've been really big into scouting and game prep. And as an assistant at some of the schools, our scouting reports were 30, 35 pages long. And if you suddenly told us on a Tuesday, we're playing somebody different on a Friday, my head coach might've lost his mind. Um, all those things you can deal with, yeah. you know, and, and we're going to have to be flexible. If, if as a coach, we can't be flexible this year, we're going to be miserable.
0: What about busing? So, um, what I've heard from uh, my activities director is like 30 minutes is kind of the number that teams have had to get shut down for uh, in the fall. If there was like a positive case and they were there, even if windows open sanitized masks on, I know, I don't know if it was a conference school or something um, got shut down, had to get shut down. Cause the, there's a, there was a positive case and the team's bus ride was like 32 minutes. And so are you guys changing anything up? We'll start with Chris as far as uh, your busing or transportation
1: to games. Um, we're not using buses this year. Um, we're going to have us as, as coaches and the kids drive themselves, which obviously is a liability issue in itself a little bit, but at the same time too, the, the school doesn't, we, cause we run out buses. Um, we have one bus of our own that does like a shuttle to different places after school and stuff. So, um, you know, to run out buses and, and the cost of that in the, in the first place, and then to have to deal with all the other things that go along with masking up and trying to distance and, in and, and, and on the bus it just we're just staying away from it and and then
2: seeing what happens from there
1: joe what about you guys
2: yeah uh, we'll definitely drive a little more um kids will drive more than they have in the past we'll still we'll still take buses um you know probably two buses instead of one um our fall coaches did a really good job of staying organized and um you know when we we're talking about seating charts and stuff like that in the fall our coaches just got the idea to just you know they step on the bus kids are separated sitting every other seat and, and staggered and then they just take a picture um of where everyone's sitting so if you do have a positive case you can see who's sitting around that that student athlete um and, and tracking it that way but uh you know we'll take our, our late buses for seven o'clock varsity games usually have you know no more than eight kids on it anyway um our lower levels that leave first or leave right after school, a lot of parents will be driving them. So um, staying organized, I I think the picture idea, just kind of taking a picture of the seating chart is important. So you can trace that back. Dave?
3: Yeah, so currently we're planning on um, taking buses, it sounds like 35 is the capacity. And this is one of those things that I think is so strange in terms of consistency of um, uh, rules. Um. So we can have 35 kids on a bus sitting next to each other, but on the bench, you know, you got to stay, you know, eight feet apart, six feet apart, whatever. So I, you know, and it's, then it becomes a financial issue. And you know, I just think about the outstate, you know, like you, worth what What do you do? You have, not every parent's going to be able to take them. So uh, that's a tricky one. I don't know. We'll obviously do whatever the guidelines suggest, but uh, currently we're planning on taking buses and it might be two buses instead of one, which of course adds a whole nother element of you know the the financial cost and once again not everybody you know can can afford that so
4: yeah I, you know, I think we'll probably be more like chris we'll probably have a lot of our kids just do the driving um obviously being at a school that's a little bit more affluent most of the kids drive anyway and my guess is with our younger level kids they'll either arrange carpools or they'll just have their parents get them there you know and i think what dave's talking about is a huge thing is just even the logistics of hosting a game you know, we've, we've been told we can't have more than 10 kids on any one of our, our levels. So if my varsity team has 10 kids, spacing out all those chairs and making sure we've got a designated chair, all those little things, I think are just going to be so unique this year that we've never experienced of staggering them. So there's, you know, you get that six feet distance and keeping one kid in one chair the whole time. And I think there's just so many of those logistical things that we're going to have to think through hopefully soon.
0: From an X's and O's perspective, what's the one thing that can separate, you know, the good from the average, the great from the good? Um, You you guys think that maybe you're going to, you know, it's a secret that maybe you don't even want to share. But what do you envision is going to be, you know, Tim, you mentioned flexibility. That's obviously going to be a big one. But what are some other things that could potentially be the difference uh, and help a team maybe maybe overachieve or find some hidden value this season, given how obviously strange and um, unprecedented this
1: season will look? Chris, we'll start with you. Um, I think we're probably going to see a lot more zone um, just because it's easier to teach and the kids kind of figure it out and maybe you'll work on man as as time goes on, but we'll see a little bit more zone, especially early um, because you don't have enough probably won't have enough time to be able to get everything in before we play our first game. Um, And and obviously some coaches are anti zone or very little zone. If you, the team scores, then they're automatically out of it. Uh, But I I think that could, that could be one thing, especially early in the season that could make a difference as far as late stuff goes. uh, It's, it's a matter of who's going to put in basically get the extra time to get, be able to get shots, figure out ways to get shots up, to be able to shoot. And that's what it comes down to It's got to make shots. And it doesn't matter where you're at. You can make shots, you know, if, if kids are able to get shots up right now. Um, I think that's going to make a difference, too.
2: Joe? Uh, we, don't, we don't play defense anyway, so we might not <laughs> even waste time repping it. Um, no, we'll, we'll, we'll keep things simple, um, especially early on. I mean, that's, that's kind of how we do it anyway, where we try to the first half of the season, um, just giving kids an opportunity to kind of get in the flow.
0: One of the only times I kind of like short circuited when I've done these podcasts in the last six months is when you talked about your like 95 sets that you run. So how many sets do you think you guys will have? I, I, would want, I would want, wa- I've always, my assistant listened to that. He like cracked up about that. So you could tell in my voice like when I short circuited and I didn't, usually I talk fast and I respond right away, but I like kind of froze and like stammered for a second. And he like was just dying. listening to that one. He's like, you just, you, he's like, you short circuited with burger, didn't you? And he said 40 sets. I go, yeah, I did a little bit. Uh, so how many sets you guys going to put? I mean, obviously you got the kids, and you, and you justified how it's not your – they're all out of the same similar-looking packages, and it's not 40 completely different places on the floor where you're running stuff. Uh, so what do you envision from how deep you think your guys' playbook will get this year?
2: Well, luckily, I mean, we have a lot of guys returning, um, which is, you know, that's part of what we do. You know, I've been, I've been really lucky with, you know, point guards especially, but guards um, that I've had since, you know, you have a Walt McGroery that was on varsity as an eighth grader. Uh Andres Nelson, Jack Middleton is freshman. Um, you know, Sammy Press is coming back as a as a junior, but you know, he's been a varsity since he was a freshman. So um, a, a lot of these guys have been through it before and they and they know it. And you know, I think saying we run 40 different sets or stuff like that, I mean it's that's misleading a little bit just because it's you know, we just have we just have a name to all of our counters. So um you can thank Dave Flum for being responsible for us having to watch film and just you know having to adjust on the fly of just like this is how EP has taken this action away. We're just going to counter it with this, and we'll call it something else. So it just the plays kind of build themselves that way by just adjusting to how teams are defending us. Uh, Dave, what about you? What are some things that
0: you think are going to potentially separate teams uh, this year? Yeah, I don't know
3: about the separating part. Um, I, I think the one thing that, in my mind, and I think Tim had brought it up, just the idea of having to be flexible, and you don't know, you know, if you've got this preparation for a team and then the game is canceled or moved or changed. So I think that's really important to think about in terms of how much time are we going to put into any opponent, certainly during the regular season, as opposed to just doing what you do, which I think most of us do that for the most part anyway, but it might just be you know magnified that um, just concentrate on your own team and um, make sure that you know if it's a 11 week season or whatever it is that you're the best prepared you can by for week 11. And um, there's going to be so many ups and downs with, you know, kids missing or different opponents that, you know, I think most of us probably look at regular season as just a preparation for the playoffs, but this year it might be even more significant in that regard. Okay.
4: I would say a couple of things. I'd say one would be who can stay healthy and who's deepest, knowing that you may lose a starter or two at some point for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I, I also like what Joe talked about in that, if you can run not 40 different things, we're actually going to steal some of his stuff this year and do some of his, his high one four stuff. Which just has all this, some, just
0: has all the Edina parents. He sends it off for everyone to steal, anyways, and they know what to run. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
4: And I appreciate that. And I'm sure those parents do. They all
2: lack creativity, though. It's all the same boring <laughs> stuff. So be careful, Tim. Like it just, I lack imagination. So just keep that in mind before stealing our stuff.
4: There, okay, I will. Uh, you know, I, I just think also an ability to play different styles. You know, for us, like I said, we're going to try and play fast, but we also – we don't run a, a pattern set offense. We do a lot of what um, Doug Novak does over at Bethel, or we're trying to put that in more. It's taken us a while. But just the ability to play without having to rely on specific sets or sp- getting specific kids shots who may suddenly be gone for 10 weeks, or for 10 days. I think that's going to be important. Um, we're fortunate. Our kids are pretty quick to pick things up. And so I think we'll be able to add some things this year, even later on in the season, it'll help, but it's just, you're going to have to be able to go on the fly.
0: I should have started with this one. Um, but I guess that's why this isn't a, a full-time job for me or even a job at all. What are you guys doing right now with your teams? Chris, what are you, I oh, will sorry. What are you, what are you, what are your guys doing now? Um, from if you're doing film, virtual stuff, nothing, meeting, sneaking full
1: practices in whatever. <laughs> uh, we've we've put a curtain up on one side and in practice full um and going to go with that uh no we uh basically I, I, every week i email the kids um and fortunately enough we're in person right now um still so i I've, i have full contact with all of our kids with the exception of a few who are doing distance right now um so i'm talking to them constantly asking what's going on and what they're doing um and I, I, you know, there's there's enough free resources uh, on the internet for them to be able to do stuff. Where I sent stuff to them and their parents, saying I think Pat Freeman, I think it's Midwest Basketball Training, does some stuff with them every day. Um, Reed does stuff with Catalyst. You know, that's the, they have to pay for that, but you know, it's there, there's so many resources they can use to be able to just dribble. And I think shooting's harder, um, but we, you know, there's the parks are open. And you know, I told you know the the old school approach of you know, get those knit mittens and cut off the tips of them and go shoot, you know, if you can, if it's too cold outside. Um, but, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is and I said to them, you guys need to get in shape. And what that means to you compared to what that means to us, as far as when, when we're going to start, you need to figure it out. And and a lot of our guys don't like to run per se. They like to run when they play basketball or they play football or soccer, or whatever it is. Um, but they, they have to run, they have to sprint and you know, hill work or whatever it is. So, you know i and that's you know obviously a huge bonus for me is that i get to see kids and kids come in my office pretty much every day after school to just talk um so that's great to have access to them on a daily basis but for the most part we're not doing zoom meetings we're not doing any of that stuff i i you know i, I they're overload right now we have finals coming up this week too so um you know it's it's not you know basketball right now for for many of them is not a huge priority academics are
2: Joe. Yep. uh yeah similar to chris um you know, pause was announced and, and, you know, I'm fortunate to have a a great assistant and and Brian Youngworth, he put workouts together, um, just shared some Google slides, just basically workouts by the day. Um, So we have some ball handling stuff. uh, And then he's got, you know, body weight workouts and stuff like that just to keep things equitable. I mean, not everybody has access to a weight room um, or a basketball hoop. So I know a lot of our guys with, you know, those 50 degree days that we got, um, you know, went to a park and 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 played that way. We're not doing any of the virtual meeting stuff. Um, Program wide, nine through twelve, I, I gave them the same workouts, and then um, our varsity returners got some more specific stuff. Um, shared some fast draw stuff with them. Um, made sure they all, you know, they're all logging in the huddle and and watching film of any questions they have with with the fast draw stuff. Um, but other than that, you know, I'll touch base with them this week after the governor's announcement and just kind of see what the next phase is. Um, but if we're paused even longer, if we're not starting on the 21st or or January 4th, uh, we'll do some more creative stuff, um, with virtual meetings and stuff like that.
0: Dave,
3: Yeah. So, um, doing the read OC workout three days a week, which is good. And then, um, last week I started just doing two zoom calls, uh, for the week just to check in Monday. Um, I tried to do some kind of film session. I, you know, and it's. Pretty much worthless but just trying to show some defensive concepts or you know what we're trying to run and just talk through some things since our team is so new and fresh and young that um, hopefully they find some value on that and then on Wednesday um, we did what I just started to do some team building stuff once again we have a brand new team so we did zoom family feud on Wednesday so just something to get our guys together and doing some things and um, it that just shows how dumb our guys are with you know especially my son the questions he answers is just it's embarrassment but anyway um the other thing that we have started to do then as I split them into four teams and there's a senior captain for each of the teams and then um they're doing points for how much they you know if they do some agility work on their own they're doing some running they're doing some ball handling um getting eight hours of sleep the, the captains came up with it points for eight hours of sleep points for lifting weights point for whatever and then each week there's a total then we talk about who's in the lead kind of like our hair thing and who's behind and that sort of thing so um little competition amongst the team and um just that's starting today actually and then we'll do it for next week and then we'll see And hopefully it ends and we start the next week but something a little bit creative to have them have a little extra motivation to do something
0: awesome thanks dave tim what about, what about you guys at breck
4: you know, we're doing the least basketball of anybody right now, uh, and for a couple of reasons. One, I think that our kids needed a break. Um, most of them, and I don't want to say we're different than anybody else, but a lot of them have played AU. We played in all the falling stuff that we do at Breakdown, and, and I think they needed a little bit of a break. But part of it, too, is our administration said we really want to give them a break from anything right now and let them concentrate on academics. Um, I'm sure some of them are doing some individual training stuff. Like I said, I got one kid that's got a half court gym in his basement, I'm sure he's shooting um for the most part we're just kind of letting them be kids we do have a zoom meeting on every monday afternoon that i'll lead and kind of talk through some stuff we're we're going over our team book for the year is power of a positive team and so i'll read a little bit out of that each week and then we have a little exercise that they do every week first week we had them choose their one word for the year and then that becomes part of their locker that we put a little locker sign with their one word on it And then tomorrow we'll give them an assignment that they have to have done by the end of holiday break where they've got to come up with their why and why it is that they play basketball. Um, We don't share those with anybody. We don't share those with their parents. We encourage them not to share them with their parents that way they can be honest. But I think that's been really helpful for me as a coach to be able to figure out what's this kid's motivation for playing. So we're probably doing more emotional and intellectual stuff right now than basketball stuff.
0: So, uh, Joe, you mentioned the picture. I think it's a really good idea. I wrote that down in my notes and something I want to make sure that I'm talking to our coaches about doing on our bus rides. Uh, what are some other uh, creative ideas uh, to help me and do our part to um, stop the spread or slow the virus spread as much as we can? Uh, I know, uh, I think, Tim, you mentioned you guys can only have 10 on your rosters. What are some other creative ways that coaches could learn from in, you know, instead of without putting kids into a bubble uh, and playing like bubble boy all season? Uh, What are some, what are some creative ways that you've come up with that you're going to help do your part to, you know, uh, mitigate the spread?
2: Um, I think it's, I think it's important for all of us, um, you know, regardless of what you think and, and, and how you view this, but to to stand in front of a group of, you know, however many high schoolers, 18 high schoolers, um, and let them know, like, you know, I can't wait to stand in front of my guys and just, you know, talk about the opportunity we have. to play. And, and obviously, you know, they felt it and being shut down and, and the frustration of, of just not having like a normal high school year right now. Um, but just, just letting them know how important it is for them to take this seriously. And, and like, let's get through this season, by you guys doing your part and, you know, not getting to that Saturday night, get together with, you know, a bunch of non-athletes, if that's what's happening, um, a bunch of non-basketball players and just letting them know, you know, what they're doing it for. Yeah. You'll have to sacrifice some, some social gatherings and stuff like that to be a part of the team this year so that we can complete a season. Um, And I think it's important for us to use our roles, coaches in that role of leadership that, you know, if I get 18 guys to buy into that, they're not, you know, continuing the spread, which is going to, you know, spread it to somebody in one of their classes or something like that. Um, Just important for us coaches to, to get them on board with that.
0: Anything else? Any of you?
4: You know, I, I think it's a great point. And, and to me, it's almost like you have to approach it and talking to kids about following all the, the chemical awareness type things and don't get caught at parties, don't go to parties, don't make stupid decisions that way. Of, You need to be responsible for your team or to your teammates to make really good decisions outside of what we're doing. Even if that's the point where you've got to talk to your parents and go, you know, we can't do this because I don't want to put my season and my team's season at risk. And so I, I, just to piggyback on what Joe said, having those conversations of you're going to have to, to sacrifice some social things for us to have a season. Yeah, I, I think that.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, one of the biggest challenges, you know, with us, especially with us being in person, um, you know, to model what the behavior needs to be, you know, and, you know, I, yeah, I'm sure you guys have seen my Twitter account when I'm watching college football or college basketball games where it's coaches are making a mockery of it. Mm -hmm. and and i you know i i don't want to wear a mask i don't want to but we we should it's the it's one of the things that we need to do that they they're saying that we need to do and then you always and obviously division one's a little different because they're getting tested consistently even the coaches um but you know the mask is down you know that's around their neck you know it's like if you're going to wear a gator then wear a gator and just put it around your neck or put you know don't wear the mask just have it there just in case but the the modeling aspect of these things is is very important and i you know i tell this to our kids i had h1n1 when that was around 10 12 years ago i lost 15 pounds in five days um maybe we can have joe use that so his face isn't as fat but uh you know that that was that was an eye-opener for me Um,
4: if you look at the gopher football team they had 27 coaches test positive can't tell me they were following rules in their offices, you don't have twenty-seven out of your thirty-seven coaches test positive if you're doing those little things,
1: right? And and we don't know what 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 their home life is like as far as if they're around kids, you know, whatever it is as far as the but the, to model the behavior that we need to 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 hopefully eliminate this, um, I just think that that's that's super important for for everybody mm-hmm. to see. And and again, whether we agree with it or not, it doesn't make a difference. We we model that behavior, you know, that that's got to hopefully it goes a long way to for our kids.
0: Yeah, great point. <clears throat> Dave, anything uh, you guys, great ideas for mitigation or anything that you guys are planning? I do want to say dead. Nothing dead. Um, well done, Tim, by the way. Of, I've seen Chris's Twitter feed too, and so mentioning 27 go for football players, coaches in general, let alone that they have um, tested positive, was a great way to get Chris's t- uh, Twitter blood pressure up to like 200 over 112, <laughs> so well done on that side. I just, that was just <laughs> excellent, excellent work there. <laughs>
1: There's two parts to that, though. There's two parts to that, though, that, 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 there's, that there's 27 people on staff right. for the football program, and my wife has to coach 35 girls with one person. So there's that. So that's part of it. <laughs> I don't think Mark Coyle's
0: listening to this, so I think you're probably good and you're probably safe on that. Uh, anything else? Any final thoughts? Um, anyone want to get off their chest or things to bring up or any more comments towards Dave for giving up and, and, and cracking under pressure?
2: No, I – I'm wondering if the national coach of the year comes with like a title bill and he just like, he goes around town. If anyone were to beat him, he has to like hand it over to the next guy. Just want to know what we're competing for this year. <laughs> you know, it's
3: kind of funny that, um, when I got the notification, one thing in there that said, you're going to get this beautiful plaque. Well, I still haven't received the plaque. So in my home, once again, they're like, "This is all fake. It's all made up." You actually don't. You aren't even the national coach there. You made it all up, the whole thing on your on your own. So I don't have anything of substance to hand over or to give. So yeah, that, um, we can make one. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good.
0: Dave, uh, no Dave I was, Dave's obviously a phenomenal coach and someone who's had a lot of success uh, and it's obviously been well documented. The thing I've maybe been the most impressed with is he's just been able to paint this narrative that his team's going to be down and they're rebuilding. But I think, I, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't fall the trap, Joe. I think, he's, I think he knows what he's doing. He's trying to lower those expectations. Teams are going to look, look down on the Eagles, and they're going to be 18-0 and 0 and number one in the state come, <laughs> come, come March. Well, Dave, I
4: know you've been reading a lot of Lou Holtz's old stuff about just downplaying your team and talking about how great everybody else is. You just get that list going, then you'd be all good.
3: Well, a massive reason for our success is lower expectations as much as you can so you can achieve them. So, we've got that down. <laughs> all
0: right guys, thanks for uh thanks for joining. Um and a uh, cool idea just to kind of keep basketball at the front of people's minds and uh I I'm I'm sorry that your wives have had to deal with uh this, but uh it's 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 all been a good fun. So, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Brett. Thanks. Hello.